Jay, what's up, dude? Not much, man. What's going on, Jordan? Not much. But yeah, I get love from people out of here. A lot of my business comes from the front door, but I get some business from upstairs. Cool. Yeah, it's a cool community. Nice, yeah, yeah. Cheers, brother. <sighs> Cheers to you. What do we got here? A little espresso? espresso. Yeah, yeah, this is my house espresso. Oh, it's nice. Big flavor, robust. Digging it. Pretty tasty. I like big flavors myself. Nice. <laughs> so, Jay, what's going on, dude? Uh, not a whole lot. Stoked to be here. Glad you guys uh, invited me. I'm glad to have invited you. So, this is my first time really meeting you, getting to know you, which is the first for the podcast. So, that's awesome. kind of cool. Your Stoked. podcast number three. Yeah. You're in for some surprises, man. Oh, sweet. So... <laughs> You're a mixologist. Do you like the term mixologist? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it can be a little douchey. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I think that, you know, a craft bartender, I prefer. Right. You know, we definitely put a little bit more thought into uh, how we build our cocktails and, and the ingredients that go into it. Um, you know, make, make no mistake, I made a lot of money off, off the word mixologists. Nice. You know, and I, I think in the appropriate times... You know, it can it can be used, you know, um, for the, 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 the person who's not familiar with the restaurant business and, and who's really kind of like blown away by the mystery of that. You know, sometimes it's uh, appropriate there cool. and then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, well, you could call it a mixologist, but really I should just every bartender should be that upper level that you might call a mixologist, right? Like, I mean, bartender. Sure. Yeah. I mean, um. I think it just it, it just kind of implies that that the people take it s serious. Yeah, like seriously. some next level of like specialty almost. They're creating. How about that? They're creating recipes. Um, you know. And, oh, that's cool. Many many times, yes. Amongst other things, you have a, a pizza joint too. Is that right? Yeah. So I have I have two restaurants. Um, I, I got it. I got my start uh, definitely uh, making cocktails. Uh, which led me into consulting um, for bars and whatnot. So I, I got hired as a consultant to open up a bar in East Greenwich. And, um, you know, long story short, I kind of ended up becoming an owner, um, got into that. And then there was a, a pizza uh, shop that was closing down um, across the street. So more of like an opportunity. I never thought I'd be into uh, pizza, but uh, it's worked out pretty well. Cool, so dude. Far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. What? How's COVID affected things? Uh, yeah, COVID has dramatically uh, affected things for sure. Um, obviously, a majority of our of our sales and, and revenue uh, has been cut down very significantly. So I think that um, it's it, it's been tough, but at the same time, you can't beat your head up against the wall because it'll just it'll just fucking drive you nuts man yeah it sucks you know it, it, it so you try to look at it as an opportunity to uh tighten up your business and kind of like test your metal as a business owner like you're gonna figure it out or are you just adaptability gonna, yeah cower in a corner and 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 we we figured it out you know and, and our only plan was is that we were gonna go into this on a weekly basis uh with our eyes open knowing that there's curveballs coming that we didn't see so every week we had to kind of make an adjustment um, and then with the, you know, uh, you know the style of, uh, of, of my bar, which is called Kai Bar uh, in East Greenwich, we're a late night cocktail lounge. We do our uh, 
80, 83% of our business was done after 9.30. Okay, just to kind of give you an idea. So when they decided that we had to close at 10, it was, it was, a, it was a whole nother blow uh, that was, that was kind of tough for us. Um, but again, the, we adapted. So, you know, yeah. and, and, and I should say my, my clientele has been extremely supportive because they all just shifted when they go out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know People. what I mean? So, so yeah, I mean, I lost about probably, uh, you know, 30% of revenue, I would say, but I'm, I'm, I, it could be worse. I'm paying all my bills. I'm still open, nice. you know, so you stay positive, rock and roll. We sell booze. We throw a party every night. That's our job. So, uh, the show must go on, you know? People say, uh, oh, well, it's okay because everyone's in the same boat. And that doesn't really do anything for me. I'm like, yeah, I don't really care that everyone's in the same boat. This boat sucks. <laughs> right? They're like, that doesn't really We're do anything it for me. together. Yeah. It's the new <laughs> don't norm. Care. I don't want to drown. I don't care who's on the boat. <laughs> I don't want to drown. But I don't know. All right, dude, so you tell me. Tequila... Just neat. Just pour it. Now, my wife was telling me, I always think, and I don't know, I'm so ignorant to everything. Like, if it's red wine, don't pick up the glass. Just pour it right in. So should I pick up the glass when I pour tequila, or does it not matter at all? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think tequila is, is, is all about having a good time. And, uh, so it's you just know, for fun. Just, just, just fun. let it rip, man. Right, yeah, so sweet. Absolutely. We got Casamigos today. Pretty right. solid. So you got a decent amount of tequila and yeah. then having a good time, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. Nice pour. Steady hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't worry, Nick. This one's yours, dude. I can't do. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers boys. You gotta, you gotta make eye contact with everybody, or else it's seven years bad, bad oh, sex. Shit. Yeah, who can, who can afford that? <laughs> Do tell. <laughs> you grew up in Newport? Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, life in Bulgaria is bad luck in general. You made it all the way here, though. You know, good thing they put holes in that shipping container. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh man. Anyways, it's probably a, a very niche part of the demographic that might be offended. By <laughs> so sorry to anyone that came over here on a shipping container. Oh, Cheers shit. to you. You're here though, and you're listening to this, so <laughs> you have technology. So you, you've this done is all the right. unacculturated podcast. So we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. So you grew up in Newport? I did. I grew up um, about. Uh, you know, four or five blocks from here, um, went to this school, which is, this is so trippy, man. This yeah, is wild. my first time here since then. And I think I drive my wife and my son nuts. Like every time we drive by, I'm like, I, I, that's the school nice. I went to. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now it gets to the point where my son's yeah. like developed sarcasm. He's like, oh, really? Tell me more <laughs> about that. So yeah, man, this feels like home. Feels like home, man. Cool. Really cool with what they did here as well. Yeah, it looks awesome. Oh, dude, upstairs is really cool looking too. Yeah, yeah. So what are the names of your restaurants? Uh, so we have uh, Kai Bar, yep. um, which is in East Greenwich. And then the pizza place is called Slice and Company, which is directly across the street from Kai Bar. So we sell pizza by the slice. We do a New York style 
Um, I hate to say New York style because I feel like there's people from New York and, you know, they have these expectations and, you, you know, we the make water a, over from New York. Yeah. Fuck that, man. That's, <laughs> stuff, that's such bullshit. <laughs> Those people hang out with the mixologists. Oh shit. Know? Right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> so basically, um, yeah, the pizza spot, you know, while I was doing my restaurant consulting, I was working, um, I was working a gig in North Carolina. I was help, uh, helping a, a chef with his beverage program uh, in his restaurant. So I spent some time down there. And um, it was kind of a situation where it, it, was, it was similar to this. It was kind of like a, a reclamation project where they took an old mill and they put a couple of, um, you know, breweries in there and, and, and really cool forward-thinking artist uh, village because this, this mill was surrounded by all this housing and these other buildings. And so one of the spots... Uh, was the restaurant I was helping at, uh, helping open up, um, and then next door to it was was this cat from New Jersey who was making pizza, and it was just like fire. Like there was always a liner on the block. He would sell out a pizza, and it was one of those situations where he's like, "I'm fucking out," you know, get her earlier, you know, type of deal. Um, and I fell in love with it, and I got to know him, and and um, you know, we always stayed in contact. Um, yeah, and then when this pizza place became available across the street, I kind of just shot him a message, just you know, hey, here's a pizza place. What should I do? You know, I knew he would, what he would say. Uh, you know, you should do it. But then he followed it up with, uh, yeah, man, I'll fly up there and 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 I'll you know give you a three day crash course in it. So um, he did, man. He 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 came up. Uh, you know, he totally uh, he totally embraced the project. So one of the things I like to do is uh, is when I consult somewhere else outside of the area, I try to like gather a piece of like the local history, the local you know culture, what they drink, what they eat, and I try to bring that into the restaurant and uh, create a fil- a familiar element you know on the oh. cocktail list. Um, so. Yeah, I, I took him out. He had never been around, so we took him to a few spots. We um, uh, took him to some spots we liked. Uh, there's a pizza spot up in Providence, Fellini. I think they do a pretty nice job. Um, and then we went to, you know, uh, Olgi's Trailer Park, and then we wrapped up the night at uh, uh, Onlyville, New York System Wieners. And this guy, he's like, if you just picture him, he's a, he's a big, jolly cat. And we had been drinking all night, and he was like, fucking hot dog and coffee milk? He's like, what the fuck? And then <laughs> fast forward to like 15 minutes later, this big jolly guy is eating and drinking. He's just like, <laughs> this is fun. This fucking works, man. This totally fucking works. I get it. And I think it really, uh, I mean, it, it changed. It, it's some stuff that he brought back, you know what I mean, to North Carolina. And that's really kind of the beauty of like, being a part of this community and surrounding yourself with forward thinking, creative, original people. Cause we just, it just cross pollinates all this stuff. So, uh, you know, this guy came in, he taught me how to make pizza. He gave me his dough recipe. Whoa. Um, it was insane. So we just spent, uh, you know, three days rocking out with him. And then a couple of weeks after that, just, you know, fucking around with dough and all this stuff. And then it was, um, you know, it was game on, you know, trial by fire, you know? So, it's not the dough recipe that's like uh, my buddies used to do this Neapolitan or something where it's like it'd be a big piece of dough. They'd cut it in half and feed it and use half. Is it like that? Yeah, that's like some, some fucking gangster shit right there. It's yeah, not it. like that, but I definitely uh, <laughs> appreciate That's like taking the craft to a whole other level. Okay. Uh, that, but uh, yeah, that's, that's wild. I mean... Um, You'd have to have huge amounts. They used to be... They were called my homies Pizza Box. They were a... Uh, they built, took a trailer, built a wood-fired oven, 
on the trailer and then put walls up around the around the wood fired oven. Oh, and then wow. they had um so it's not like a Cambro, but like a Cambro, but like this for anyone watching the video, this big. Anyone's just doing audio, it's this big with my yeah. hands. Um yeah. It's like, like that. three bread boxes put together. Yeah, okay, a bread box, true. Uh, and they had that, and that's all they needed. So I don't know, it was probably 20 pounds of dough or something. They used half or maybe more than half on yeah. busy days, right? Yeah. They'd feed it, shit tons of flour and water, and it would sit there, and then the next day they'd have half again to use. That's wild. Yeah, I've heard about I listened to this cool pizza podcast, and they had, they had a whole episode with some guy talking about that. Um, yeah, that's wild. I mean, we definitely do an authentic style. We feed it live yeast and uh, we make the dough. Only my wife and I make the dough. No one knows the recipe except for us. Um, you got to guard that shit, man. We got a good dough. We really do. And um, people talk about it all the time. Our crust is banging. And uh, one of the first things that this guy taught me when he gave us his recipe is like, don't fucking give this recipe to anyone. You know, that was kind of part of, of the deal, which I just loved right away. It just kind of like made me feel like I was a part of something that was just like, yeah, man, I got like these goods that no one else can get their Sick, hands on. Dude. And we've, we've since like um, tweaked it a little bit to make it our own. And, um, you know, a lot of these pizza guys who really care about the craft, they say that their, their dough is never really done. You're always messing with it. So I totally get that. Um, Does the weather so. affect it every day? Yeah, it does actually. And um, so we're about a year and a half into this right now, um, this project. So we've definitely learned that, um, you know, we have to regulate the temperature to a degree in there. When it's really humid out, the dough rises quickly and um, yeah, you're, you're, on, you're on the clock and you've got to keep a fan off of it or else a little crust, um, you know, develops on top. So it's, yeah, it's wild. It's science, man. It really is. And, and, and I'm super into it. Yeah, I, hope, I hope you don't get into coffee next and open a spot on. Broadway. Oh God, man. No, no, no. That's all you, man. <laughs> we're, we're, we're on the same team. I love it. Yeah. I'll let you handle the coffee. Sweet. Yeah. There's a truck in town called a mono. The thing is sick. You know what's you fucking it? wild, man, is I just saw this last night. All right. Oh, My dude. son was having a fundraiser at Portsmouth Middle School and we drove out there and there's this truck and it's like, holy shit. It's like so there's a big glass window. Badass. It's like, what? And I just sat there. What the fuck? My son's like, let's go home. And I'm just like looking. I'm, I'm looking around the other side for fucking propane tanks or how they got this thing yeah, set yeah, up. Yeah. And it's just wood, what right? Or fuck? It is wood, yeah. Uh, oh. No, they, they, I, the, if they're listening, they're going to say, what the fuck? They have two trucks. The first one's wood-fired. The second one's gas-powered. And so the first one is the bigger one. I think it's blue. I think the second one might be red. Yeah. They have two trucks now. And the bigger one has a big glass wall. And that one's wood-fired. And he told me it's freezing in there. The, the oven okay. doesn't, keep it, doesn't keep it hot. And the second one uh, helps in the summer because... So even though it doesn't keep it hot, in the summer it gets really hot. I guess it's because it's a metal truck. It's kind of like when I used to be at the post office as a mailman, the sun beats down on these things. It's like an oven. Sun beats down and heats it. And then in the wintertime, there's no insulation. It's just metal. It's almost like it's conducting outside. No shit. So the second truck, to keep it cool in the summer, this is my understanding, the whole wall comes up or it folds out to the side. And for anyone listening, and I'm not doing it justice, go to Instagram, check out the Amano trucks and stuff. They're cool. They're good people. Um, yeah, I got to reach out to those guys. I'd love to know them. You know what I mean? And, and 
see how they how they set that up, and uh, you know we'll make a, we'll make a, a pact that I'll stay off their turf if they're willing to share, share <laughs> some stuff. <laughs> That's pretty badass. Dude. It's pretty yeah. yeah, pretty sick. Yeah, dude, I don't know East Greenwich. What's how's East, East Greenwich? East Greenwich, all right. So uh, growing up in Newport, um, East Greenwich is funny because uh, it's just kind of in between here in Providence, and it's kind of off uh, Route Four. So my first time ever going to East Greenwich was to look at the space of the restaurant that I own now. Um, <laughs> if that says anything to you, and, and cool. I, at that time I was thirty five. Cool. I've never been to East Greenwich before. So East Greenwich is, is it's really cool. There's one, uh, one little main drag, um, so creatively uh, named Main Street, okay? Yeah, yeah. And on this street, uh, I would say there's about a dozen restaurants. Um, uh, there's a really cool old theater. There's a really cool old hotel. It, it, and it, it's really great, man. Um, we've had a good time there. We, we just got in kind of when I think it was evolving a little bit. Um, but there's only a couple of uh, straight-up uh, beverage-forward establishments there. We're lucky to be one of them, um, and the people have just been so receptive uh, to our creativity and our craft. Because I think a lot of these people would go to Newport or go to Providence, and now yeah, they, yeah, yeah. we kind of gave them something Good that they could stay so in town, you know. And it's uh, I think it's like the highest uh, income, you know, community in Rhode Island, that and Barrington. Oh, really? Together. Yeah, oh, so. I didn't know that. Warren's pretty badass, too. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, a lot of, you know, Rhode Island has really evolved in the last, uh, I don't know, 20 years or so, like really evolved and become, become a lot more, you know, uh, just crafty. You know, yeah, and you know, it, it's, it's really awesome. Really neat, really neat. Are you from Rhode Island? I grew up in Fall River. Oh, okay, awesome. Yeah. Oh, we could tell. I can, I can go to a fun story about Fall River. It's yeah, let's your hear fucking it. Mind. Yeah, tell me, dude. All right, so I was with the Newport Restaurant Group for uh, many years, and then I came out of that because someone approached me with an opportunity to take over an old club in Fall River Which one? and bring it back to life. What is it? Come on. Coliseum? Nope. Starts with Belmont? The, the Belmont. Oh, really? So the fucking Belmont. I went there to check That's it out. That's where I kissed my wife for the first time. No way, really. Yeah, it took, it took some balls. It's yeah, a Fall River them, institution. Maybe a whole, whole beer and a half. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Oh, my friend got stabbed there. It was pretty gnarly. Oh, wow. Yeah. People making love, near-death experiences, you can't, the you whole can't, You can't blame the guy for stabbing him because my friend stabbed him first. So you really okay. can't blame the guy. You know what I mean? No fucking crazy times in Fall River, dude. So how does that work, like, legally? It's, like, offsetting penalties, so... The, the ref... It was a draw, like, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. They called it a draw. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. No harm, no foul. Uh, my friend... Um, I won't use his name. I don't know. I probably could. He doesn't give a shit. But he... Uh, at the Belmont, and everyone was drinking, and then this guy was hitting his girlfriend. So my friend was like, dude, f- stop that. No, fuck you. Don't tell me what to do. Blah, blah. So then they're fighting... So then, the, I don't know who stabbed who, but they stabbed each other. These people, these kids are crazy. Fall River was crazy growing up. Man. But anyways, my f- the point of the story is my friend goes into the bar with a stab wound and sits at the bar and he's like, "I made it for the last call. You got you make me a drink." And the guy's like, "Dude, you're bleeding all over my bar." <laughs> it wasn't you, was it? <laughs> no, I don't, I don't recall that. <laughs> I don't recall that. Yeah, but they is in jail. And then I that. learned a lot about Fall River, man. You know, it's um, crazy. Yeah, you'll learn about Fall River at the Belmont. <laughs> it is, man. It, it was wild, but I mean, uh, I really liked it a lot more than I thought I would. You know, it cool. was. Uh, 
What God, year was this? God, I'm trying to I'm trying to think. It was probably uh, right around 2015, 2014. Um, right when I took over, I'd been kind of coming off a cool stretch, winning some competitions and whatnot, making a name for myself. And I was in the cover of the Fall River Herald. They did this wow. piece, like you know, mixologist guy coming to help re- revive the the Belmont. And uh, I came in, you know, the place had a bit of a reputation, you know, with the <clears throat> owners and being difficult to deal with and whatnot. But I figured I could change all that. Got in there. Um, yeah, I think we broke some sales records in the first month after that publicity. Good for you. That's and, so badass. And then. Uh, uh, so when did you open Kai Bar? I opened Kai Bar in 2017. How long were you at the Belmont? A couple of years? Three months. Oh, three yeah, months. It was okay. three months, yeah. Oh, did you say it was like a consulting thing? Or you <laughs> no, I was, I was coming in to take it over. I mean, we had a deal going sick of cleaning with the blood that. off the bar. I was, it, it was just, uh, it just wasn't the right fit in the end, but uh, definitely it's a piece hard, of my dude. journey that I wouldn't change a thing. Dude, it was I, humbling. I would love to open a business in Fall River. I really would love to, but... It's hard, man. It was know. an interesting time because it, um, that place, I think it was called the Black Rabbit, had opened up. Do you remember that? No, I wasn't around. I think it was short-lived, but they tried to do like a speakeasy-style craft cocktail bar. I think the Tipsy it's, Toboggan it's had opened up. a sick location. Yeah. Dude. Yeah, no doubt. So um, people were on board, man. There were people coming in and talking to me who were... Uh, members of the community growing up and they had gone off and made their money back and there was this whole movement of people coming back into fall river to help kind of lift it up you know Uh, um and uh that i really admired that so Uh, it was kind of cool to be a part of that that 12 weeks you know (laughs) (laughs) um did you guys have the blues night there the guys i think it was wolf or something some guys came come and played blues open mic there and stuff yeah we didn't we didn't do any live music i don't know why is there a piano in there at the time yeah, the piano was there man it was Sick. super beautiful it was just Sick. dude i mean i fell in love with the place the first time i went to go look i, I chose to leave a pretty high paying job to try to make that wow. work and and um it is just such a romantic beautiful spot and, and yeah the, the, it's it's in the style of what other people are doing how you like you turn a house into sure. a shop and then you got like the living room with the couch and then you got a yeah. piano and the dining room and the bar is right there like all the pretty sure it was the old uh, the oldest operating liquor license in the state of massachusetts oh wow really yeah. oh so, wow yeah it, it had been going continuously uh you know prohibition excluded obviously but yeah it was a police run wasn't it uh i don't i don't recall maybe um, originally it was maybe a long like time a ago or something then there was a family uh th- there is there was a police presence there as far as the regulars the go pal is sure. across the street yeah yep yep and you got st so. john's right there right st john's yep. and there's just two coffee shops just opened literally right around the corner um time blossoms and x bar i think nice Pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, dude, weird time to bartend, huh? Dude, it was you know. I'm sorry. You know what, man? It's it, it's it's been an awesome journey, though. You know, I'll tell you that much. I I don't. I can't imagine myself really excelling in another craft, man. I could never sit at a desk. I could never. You know what I mean? It, it's. I need to get you guys back to work. Yeah, I, I'm just like COVID in, sucks, in this very vi- very building. I would drift out outside the window, looking at Jesus Savior Church many many uh, a days a year, and uh, just like fuck, man, it's so crazy, you know, to think that this was all this was all just a place where I I developed here a lot, you know. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So, how did you meet Nick? Where did you guys work? Uh so one of the coolest projects I've 
ever been a part of is um, the Bouchard's uh, restaurant. Bouchard, they they uh, they bought a building next door to it. Um, and from the, what I remember, I think the the I think the Bouchards wanted to pick it up because of some uncertainties of what would happen or who would pick up that building uh, being so close to their restaurant. Um, and so uh, I, th I think that they scooped it up and they weren't even 100% sure about the, um, the uh, you know, what the, what the concept was going to be. So um, chef owned, chef, uh, you know, Albert Bouchard and, and also owned by his beautiful wife, Sarah Bouchard, basically decided to do this concept called the revolving door where the chef would change every few weeks. Um, and the menu would change with it and it just kind of like called out to me. So, so I had cool. to like, yeah, I was like, you know, um, uh, I had a lot of options for jobs and, and, and you know, coming off of a, a success where I actually won a competition that got me in GQ magazine as a Where top was 40 that? bartenders. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Top 40 bartenders in the country. Um, all of a sudden, I, a lot of doors opened up for me, but yeah. I wanted to work at Revolving Door, and I think that the Bouchards were the only ones who like really didn't give a shit about who I was or what I accomplished. You know what I mean? They were just kind of like, "Who are you?" You know. So I had to actually like kind of follow up with these guys a bit to actually get them to let me do this, and and so basically, yeah, it was myself and um, and and a, and a chef uh, named Josh Berman, who I believe you're talking to, uh, and um, basically. We were kind of put in charge of this concept that's kind of never happened before in the world on this scale. So we had to take on a new chef. Um, there was a lot of coordination, obviously, obviously went with that. I think Josh would kind of coordinate with him on the logistics as far as what his menu was going to be, had to help him source all these ingredients. And then I kind of handled the front of the house staff as well as the beverage program. And so... Uh, uh, Nick came along, I don't know, about a year or so into the, in, into the, the concept. And, um, you know, uh, he was just kind of a goofball that I wasn't so sure about. I don't think anyone was really sure about him, you know, but he just came in and he was himself. And then he ended up fitting right in um, and then kind of far exceeding our ex expectations because um, he, he's, he's so hungry about knowledge which is great you how can't old teach were you? that how old were you at the time nick 21 21 dude. 21 i actually remember i think you started when you were 20 because i remember being all fucking pissed off to learn that you had been drinking at my bar <laughs> for like a month or so <laughs> i do i do and, and uh so yeah nick came in and um you know I remember him being so passionate about the food and it was kind of like annoying because whenever the <laughs> chef was preparing something, Nick would be like hunched over his shoulder <laughs> and like he'd, be he'd finish the dish and, and like Nick would like pick up the dish and like smell it like all close. Like, nice. Oh, what is that? What is this? And everyone's like, man, get your fucking nose out of the dish, man. I'm trying to eat that shit, you know, next. And, and Nick nice. was just like a sponge and uh, always taking notes and always asking a bunch of questions. And then over time, he just became this part of the family that, that you know, we love so much. I tell one, one Nikolai story that always kind of sticks in my head um, is uh, Halloween. <laughs> we, we were open for Halloween. And I don't think anyone dressed up because it just wasn't that kind of restaurant. And Nick rolled in his fucking Dracula. But, like, not just any type of Dracula, just, like, fucking face paint like realistic looking blood going down his his mouth and and this huge ass cape and uh, medallion you know on ribbon this whole weird stuff and look at that pour holy smokes cheers 
Cheers, cheers, cheers. <laughs> all right, I'm going to go grab a beer. Keep your story. Okay, all right. So anyways, let me... Oh. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, uh, Nick rolls in dressed like fucking Count Dracula. Because uh, I'm pretty sure, aren't you from Transylvania or somewhere near there? Bulgaria. Yeah, it's like the same thing. Does he really? No kidding. So it was in your blood. It was in your blood. To say that uh, Nikolai um, harnessed the role would be an understatement. Um, so that he, he went for a table visit and he was, you know, he was doing a lot of uh, busting tables and whatnot at the time, working his way up the ladder. And uh, this dude cleared a table and like picked up a plate, a dirty plate, and then he like, whoosh, like closed his cape over it, <laughs> so he, like you couldn't see it anymore. And he would like, people were like fucking dying. And I want to say you even ran a couple dishes out of the kitchen, like like he, <laughs> he would bust it out of his cape and like drop drop the uh, the dish on the table. And man, that was great, man. The revolving door was so cool. So uh, three three years I did that. Uh, Forty three chefs we had in that time. Um, yeah, a lot of them stayed for two weeks uh, to about four weeks. So it was constant. It was so it was so wild. Uh, a lot of times the chef would start off on like a Wednesday or something like that. And we would have like a full menu tasting a couple days ahead of time where we would just sit down and the chef would feed us this food. We'd ask questions. We'd take notes. We'd talk about it. Um, man, and, and I knew it, it and, and I really savored it like while we were doing it. You know, I would always say to Josh, I'm like, this will always look back on this fucking concept and be like, how cool was that? I would kill to do that again. I would love it. If Revolving Door came back for like a month or two, you know, I'd be all over that. I yeah, literally. Oh, yeah, so you'd, you would, you would come unique. in as a guest, sit down in your normal spot. But every time you come in, you get a whole new menu, a whole new cuisine. I mean, we had... Oh, shit. Yeah, I changed up the cocktail list, too. So I would usually have two or three cocktails that would pair up with the menu. Um, we'd coordinate with the chefs a couple weeks ahead of time, look at their menu, and I would always challenge them, um, you know, give me an ingredient to use in a cocktail that ties into your menu that you've never seen and used in a cocktail before. So um, it, it, it definitely sharpened my, you know, my game a lot, you know, and working with that many chefs, it kind of like helped me. I was still developing my style, which ended up being very culinary as far as my cocktails go. And it definitely comes from that project. That's so, wild. Yeah. Yeah, man. Is there, was, there, um, was there a lot of like food culture and people that appreciated this special thing happening? You got people coming from Providence, I imagine, a lot. For sure. Yeah, people were coming from all over. Um, Newport's kind of funny, man. It is a funny town as far as the restaurant um, industry goes. We, we definitely, it's very touristy heavy. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people really stumbled across the restaurant for the first year or two, for sure. And then people kind of caught wind of what was going on there. And um, So cool. Yeah, it was, it was so thing. cool. It, it was such a special thing. And um you know, it, it changed the game and it changed a lot of people's careers. There were a lot of chefs that came through there. All of them, yeah, 80% of them were in between jobs. And then a restaurant 
owners started becoming pretty hip to it and showing up and kind of scouting these guys out and just being like, hey, well, you want a job, you know, type of deal. So I'm still friends with a lot of them. I mean, that cat who I helped out open up a restaurant in North Carolina, he was one of the guest chefs. Um, you know, I have a few other people I keep in touch with and just kind of feed them drink recipes and help them out however I can. So Sick, dude. Yeah, man. You really still, cool. You work behind the bar? Um, I don't have shifts really anymore. Uh, my, 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 uh, responsibilities have become more big picture. You know, yeah. I don't, I don't have an admin. This is, this is a discussion. Me. Yeah. This yeah. is a discussion we were having. We've been having mm -hmm. like oper operator to owner, uh, are, uh, in the light of, uh, what is that book? Good, uh, rich dad, poor dad. He calls mm. it going from an S S column to a B column, self-employed to business. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Where right? Do you know these things? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I totally know what you're talking about, man. Um, and I kind of had to learn on the fly. I didn't. Uh, once I opened up my business, I didn't really have uh, a, a mentor per se. Um, I was all of a sudden the owner who was in yeah. charge of a lot of things. I picked up a lot of things from the past, you know, and kind of created my own thing. I would say that the Bouchards, who own the revolving uh, door and restaurant Bouchard probably were the biggest impact on, on, and they helped me kind of round out my skill set um, to being very hospitality driven, um, but more so uh, being hospitality driven towards my staff, okay? I, I take care of my staff, they're my family, and that makes all the fucking difference yep. in the world. I gotta tell you, man. Um, yep. You know, I, I have a staff at, at, at uh, Kai Bar, um, and we didn't do Christmas parties. Instead of me dropping, you know, $2,000 on a fucking bowling alley and a 10-foot fucking Subway, you know, sandwich or some lame shit for, for a Christmas party. Not that that would cost $2,000. <laughs> it is fancy. Holy well, shit, it's double meat. That's downtown. Double meat. Oh, double meat. Yeah. Different story. <laughs> got the upcharges. Yeah, but got the upcharges, you know. <laughs> um, so basically, um, what we do instead is... Uh, a couple years, I sprung for a really nice Airbnb, you know, so we get it like a four bedroom spot and um, we go usually it ends up with going to Portland, Maine. OK, and, and and the reason why we go there is that town has got so many heavy hitter restaurants and bars and everyone is so tuned in to their craft there. And so we go. We, uh, we check out these spots, we talk about the drinks, we talk about the food, the presentation, we talk about the service, you know, the way the table's set, you know, the place setting, and, um, and it really gets everybody fucking like jazzed up. Not only that, but it's camaraderie. We're all going back to the same house from playing guitar and, you know, having uh, shots and smoking weed and doing whatever afterwards, and we just, we really get to, to experience a, a really cool cultural thing. And I'll tell you what, man, they bring that stuff back. So um, I think the most you know, influential book I've ever read as far as my business was something called Setting the Table by a restaurateur called Danny Meyer. Yeah. Um, so basically his, one of his big things was extend the, the hospitality to your staff that you want them to extend to your guests. And, and that's what I've done to take care of my peeps. They take care of me and, and, and yeah, look at this. Isn't taking care of your employees number one? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a, it's a starting point. Is it number one? I mean, definitely uh, you want to create a guest experience that's unique and whatnot. Hi, Joanne. And, uh, <laughs> 
and, and, and it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of been, you know, what's worked for us. So, you know. Cool. We have Joanne from the Chamber of Commerce here. Hi, Joanne. Oh, what's up, Joanne? Hi. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're happy right. to have you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so being a part of this space is incredible. So I'm here in the space. I have the building's mailbox in the shop. Okay. So Joanne from the chamber is grabbing her mail, right? So I got the mailman, Derek, local homie, here every day bringing the mail. So it, it's one big community here. It's been empowering to be surrounded by all the other people, and we're all one big group. It's really cool. It's unique. Um, it comes with its challenges sometimes, but I think it's... There's so much more to gain by being a giant, big giant team. Because sometimes I kind of want to be like my own man, like off of my own. But being a part of something bigger, there's way more there. It's really cool. It's interesting. It's unique. Well, you know, you know what happens whether whether you're you're conscious of it or not is these people rub off on you and 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 they add little sprinkles of something into who you are and how you do it and whatnot that affect you. So. Keeping yourself immersed in a community is, is, is such an important thing because all these, um, you know, uh, conditions and, and, and people and, and, and your environment, they totally affect who you are and who you become. I mean, uh, everything I've been a part of is uh, you still take it with you, good or bad. Yep. You know, I try, to, I try to say every employee that's uh, ever worked with me, um, I've learned something from, you know, and even, even the real shitty ones, you learn things not to do, you know what I mean? That's scary. You learn about people, you know, and, and you learn how to manage people better. I've certainly failed, um, you know, numerous times before I got to where I am, where I fail less than I used to, but I still fail yeah. <laughs> from time to time. Something uh, my friend Jeff has said to me a bunch of times. He was on the last podcast. He said it on the last podcast. Being a businessman is a, a self-improvement experience. Something like that. Totally. He puts it. You're constantly learning your own faults. And as, as an employer, you're kind of like parent to a lot of people maybe. Sure. Or some kind of weird role like that, right? A lot of my employees in the past, I think it might even happen at Revolving Door, they jokingly call me dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I kind of embrace it as as a, a situation where I can kind of help um, not necessarily sit down and talk to people, but I try to lead by example or I make comments here and there that, you know, is maybe the, the angel on their shoulder. And, um, you know, yeah, you do. You help guide people. I mean, most of these kids who um, I work with are, you know, they're in their 20s and, you know, and... Um, Surround myself with good people, man. The hiring practices that I've I've learned to develop over the years have been the biggest key to my success. It's uh, scary hands down scary to me. Why? Well, uh, well, I'll just start by saying, my my dude Bailey is here right now. He's working behind okay. us in the shop. Shout out to Bailey always. I can't wait to have Bailey on here. I don't know if I'm going to need, like, his parents and his parents' parents' permission. I don't know. He's like, he's like 12 and a half, right, I Bailey? disagree. I disagree. <laughs> Let's get him on here. He's a, he's a good dude. And I also have my brother-in-law, Cole. He comes and helps me out, too. And that's pretty awesome to have family here. Nice. So I like my family to be a part of everything that's happening. Sure. It's pretty cool. Uh, so Bailey has surprised me with how hard he works and how good of a job he does. 
I didn't know what to expect to be an employer. I'm a little bit scared. Kind of want to tone myself down because I'm a very motivated person. Mm-hmm. And so, like a few minutes ago, I was like, Bailey, go do that. When you're done with that, do that, do that, do that. And I was like, Hey, dude, I'm sorry. I know I'm speaking intensely. Yeah. But that's that's what's going on up in my head. So, you're doing a great job. I'm just I want to like make sure I project that you're doing a very good job. And I mean it when I say it too. He does an awesome job. Yeah, I mean that's that's a huge part of the fucking craft, man. Is is you got to make employees um, as stoked about achieving your goals as you are. So you got to figure out a way to do that. How man. Could you, yeah, that's that's insane. you know because you're doing it for a reason. Or help them with their goals, right? Totally, man. It's got to work for them as well as for you. It's a, it's a two way relationship, man. And you got to kind of get to the bottom of who they are. And you got to manage everybody a little bit different. A lot of people are like, oh, you got to fucking manage everybody the same. Well, to a degree, you got to hold people to the same standards, but there's a different way to get to every person. You know what I mean? Um, you got to figure out what motivates them because if it's, start, if it's a project that, that really works for their journey and where they're trying to get to, um, then it's a good thing. I mean, I've had uh, people who have worked with me. I've lost all the best people I've ever worked with who are no longer you know, here um, at one point or another. And, and for the, the most part- The best people leave, right? What's that? The best people leave. They, they do because they've got to they've move on to a different journey. Your, your business is kind of like a bus and you're driving the bus and your destination is far, far away that you don't even know, right? But you, people jump on the bus and then they go for a ride and then they get off. And so hopefully they've gotten closer to where they're going. Sure. But the bus keeps going, right? Yeah, for sure. It's, I don't know, it's kind of like scary and hard. It sounds very hard, constantly. Well, you know, you got to go into with the right mindset. And, and that is the fact that you you as well are a student from these people, though. You know what I mean? You're you're learning from these people. I mean, I've, I've got a... I've got a kid on on my staff. I call him a kid. He's 23 years old. He's, he's one of the wisest people I've ever met before. Oh wow! You know what I mean? I, I learned so much. Uh, I learned so much from him and how he's, um, uh, you know, emotional intelligence. I think is a real thing that will get you very far in life. And 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 he has that. And and I learned, and it's something that maybe I can do better with at times because I'm so driven and I'm so wrapped up into stuff that when things don't go my way. Or, you know, sometimes I struggle, even though it doesn't happen on the outside, you're internalizing shit and you got to figure out how to fucking deal with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it's not always, I'm not always successful with it, but, um, that's one particular thing I've learned from this guy. And then I got another guy who handles himself in a way, uh, you know, where he doesn't prejudge anybody and, and he's, and he's a rock and he's solid. Then I got another dude who's just like eternally optimistic about things. And so I guess like the main point I'm getting across to all those people who are listening and yourself who are going to be employers is you look for people who have intangibles and intangibles are something you can't touch or you can't uh, teach someone. And um, because that's something you can't impart on someone. Now, as an example, I'm talking about uh, positivity. Um, you know, kindness, hardworking. You can't pride, teach someone. Pride in your work. Yeah, you can't fucking teach someone to do that. I'll teach you how to make a cocktail. It's so much simpler than, than this. So you find people with these intangibles. Um, I would tell you over the course of the first three years of Kai, my entire bar staff has never bartended before. You want to try? Them. You want to try this new yeah, craft? Sure. Yeah, let's Dude, rock. It's, let's it's rock insanely out. sweet. Insanely sweet. What is this? This is from. Uh, 
Newport Craft? Yes. I, I don't have any sponsors. We're just drinking okay, what we're cool. drinking, right? Yeah, man, um, but Newport it. Craft's the local guys. Um, I'm familiar. Yes, yes, yes. This is amazing. It's my first beer from them in a long time, and I don't usually drink these dark syrupy beers like this, but it really, really is extremely sweet. Dude, there's another one in there if you want. I'm sorry I didn't grab one for it's you. It's okay. There's 10-ounce port tequila. <laughs> 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 Cheers again. All right, now I gotta say, oh, that's actually pretty good. Um, I'm not a huge beer guy, but but I tend, to, I guess I'm in the in the minority that I prefer a malty beer. I don't. I'm not a huge IPA guy. This is malt that we're this experiencing. This is fucking right? malt all the way through. This is like molasses with uh, some sugar in it. This is taking me right back to the the 1700s in Newport, where molasses was. <laughs> King here. What do you make? You make rum with molasses? You make rum with molasses. And there was a point in time around the, the uh, U.S. Revolution where um, there was, you know, these are facts that, you know, um, I've been fed. And the liquor industry is tricky. But from what I was told, there was about uh, 17 rum distilleries operating in, in Rhode Island and then about 80 between Massachusetts uh, around the southern New England area. Um, you know, the triangular trade, obviously a very dark time in U.S. history, was dropping off a lot of sugarcane here in New England, uh, Boston, and uh, Newport. I read about this. Sugarcane, you make molasses with sugarcane? Absolutely. Cane? So you cook down sugarcane. Okay, it's like caramel of sugarcane. Exactly. You make molasses. You let the molasses ferment by using, you know, natural or wild yeasts, and then um, you distill that, you know, so... There was some killer uh, rum being made here. Wow. And, um, you know, the same dis uh, brewery slash distillery brought back uh, rum distillation here in the, in the state of Rhode Island with Thomas II. Um, I don't know how many years ago. It must be like almost 20 years now. Um, but, yeah, they make a killer rum, like in its true, true where, sense. Where are they? Uh, Newport Distillery, that your craft brew and the stuff that we're drinking right here, right? This they is, they have a distillery, right? Yes. Yep. They do. Right Newport down. Uh, yep. Right. And down. these guys used to be Newport Storm. Is Correct. That right? yeah. Yes. So okay. Newport Storm, I believe, is there was their flagship brew. Um, I know that there was some changes over there. Uh, you know, there was a uh, new partners in there or whatnot. Um, yeah, I know uh, Brent and Derek Luke, who were a couple of the the originators there. Um, I think there's another presence there of, of, of uh, ownership. So I know they've made some changes. Um, but, yeah, it, it's good stuff. They got a lot of love for it. And, uh, you know, Newport really deserves something like this for sure. Nice. You know? They make, do you know if they do anything else than rum? As far as spirits go, they yeah. do. They do. I think they make a gin um, and they make a vodka as well. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's good stuff. They'd be some interesting people to have on on, on your uh, podcast here. That'd be cool. I'd love to reach out to them. I will. Yeah, rock and roll. Uh, whatever I could sick. do to help out with that. Oh, that'd be cool. I appreciate it. Yeah. Interesting, cool people, especially cool local people like you and them. It's sick. Yeah, yeah, man. There's a lot of people uh, really doing some neat stuff in this town. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of a lot of forward thinkers and in, in, in a network I'm proud to be a part of. Even though I'm in East Greenwich uh, right now, I'm definitely um, in tune to what's happening in Newport. I'd love to open up a place in Newport someday soon. As soon as the uh, liquor licenses nice. drop down to like ten thousand dollars, I'm I'm Damn. down. But I needed I needed to I needed to, I needed to yeah. Well, you know, I needed to come down about 
$350,000, which I'm holding out for. You know, who knows what will happen. But I love this town. I would love to open up a bar here. But obviously, yeah. it's a very um, elusive thing to become, um, you know, a part of that community right now. So who knows? Someday. But I am planning on opening up a second location of Slice & Company. And uh, it, it'll be in Newport probably in the next year. Sick. I got my eyes on a couple places. They're still Sick. operating businesses. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. That's fucked up. Yeah, oh, but you know what? You up. gotta be a G. You do. Fuck. I mean, I guess this is weeding out the businesses that are not functioning and that are not no, being it's, operated. No, dude. Well. But dude, it's killing restaurants led by some of the greatest oh. people, isn't it? Some For of sure. like huge restaurateur and chefs and shit are closing their spots in New York. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really interesting. Um, uh, Dave Portnoy from Barstool uh, just had a great rant online about just, um, you know, what's happening with restaurants closing. And, and it, it's really kind of a slippery slope without getting too far into politics. We'll dip our toe in it here a little bit. You can bit. go as far into politics as you feel like. Oh, going. fuck that. I don't want to alienate people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm a public figure to those patrons of, of mine who come hang out. Yeah. But I will say this. Um, it's tough. It's tough on all sides because... The people in office want, um, you know, the the economics. They realize how important the economics of their community is, and they also have to protect uh, the public. So it, it's really tricky. It's a really slippery slope. Thankfully, thankfully, you know, the first vaccines are being delivered um, as of today. You know what I mean to the state, and um, so we are in the process. And, I, and and I'm very grateful for that. And maybe people should really kind of think. Think about that for a second is the fact that we've we've got a vaccine very quickly um how the efficacy of it will be who knows time will tell but you know the the you know tests seem to be looking good and um i think this spring oh, and summer go. are gonna be fucking bananas oh yeah it's gonna be sick. i think so Fuck so yeah. that's what we're kind of itching to get yeah out. i think so you know so i'm excited for it and I'm excited to, to hug my friends and, and see all of our people back. And, uh, you know, I, I'm stoked. You know, so 2021 is going to be a great, great year. What do you think about being a new business like mine? Just opening this year, uh, you know, constant changes, brand new, uh, growing too fast. Is it a thing? That's such a thing, man. It really is. Um, I opened up a second restaurant across the street from Kai. Um, about two years ago and um, it was too much for me and uh, it took me diving I was very ambitious and and I actually was opening up the pizza place at the same time so I had three restaurants on the same block and um, I figured because they (laughs) were on the same block that that would be easy Um, you know there was a lot of forces that I I was uh, I was forced to work with that were um, adversity, you know, you'll always have that. But growing too quick is 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 definitely a thing. Um, you need to focus on 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 your baby, get that right. Yeah. Get some people in place that will take care of it, and also, um, you know, carry on with your your culture and whatnot. But yeah, for sure, for sure, that that restaurant that I opened up, um, in a lot of ways, it was a fucking disaster, and I learned tremendously from it. And we were lucky enough to sell it. 
<laughs> I didn't lose any money. I actually made money off of it. Fuck yeah. So yeah, it was kind of weird. But um, do you know everyone in East Greenwich now? I know a lot of people in East Greenwich. Or yeah. I'm a, we're a part of a community. You know that I'm happy to. One thing that that's cool about East Greenwich and a lot of the restaurant industry is anyone comes to me with a question or anything I could do to help them and and vice versa. You know, just spread the fucking love, man. It's you wild, know, it, isn't it? It's wild being in like the hospitality industry and you, you get to know people and they mean a lot to you. Sure. Absolutely. They are your true friends. They have they are people. Yeah. It's wild. For sure. And there's so much to learn from this business and and it's a real tricky business. I mean, if you're if you're netting six percent profit on all the sales that come in, then you're doing a pretty solid job, which says a lot. And then there's all sorts of numbers out there, like fifty percent of the restaurants fail in the first year yeah dude it's tough man so you gotta you gotta it's tough for people like you and i we do it for the love but at the same time i've seen a lot of people who do it for the love fucking fail because they've gotta figure out a way uh, to not be one of those guys dude no nah, man you know what you, <laughs> so so long as 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 you're willing to uh not abandon who you are but also take a look at the bottom line you know, yeah. keep an eye on your books, man. You know, and I think it's and, time to stay lean right now. It's time to stay lean for sure. Oh, you know, um, in this time in the restaurant business, I know every single person that's listening or watching this right now um, has had to make some tough layoffs, you know, and um, it's sucky. It is. It's sucky. It's sucky. But, um, you know, for the most part, um, the government has stepped up and supplied a lot of us with some means that uh, if we didn't have it, we, we would have failed for sure. I'm not saying that's worked out for everyone, but for the most part, um, there's been some resources available. If you don't feel comfortable answering, you can just say, I don't want to go there. Uh, the, uh, the pause grant, and you do the pause grant. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I luck didn't do anything. Yeah, you know, it, it can't hurt to go after it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'd be happy to help you out with that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I've applied for every single thing that's available. Of course. That's a, smart I, business, you right? Know, the, the worst I could do is like be like, nah, you don't qualify for that. You know, the pizza place and the bar, they're doing two separate things right now. Uh, the pizza place in some ways has benefited from this um, being a takeout establishment oh, at a time when, yeah, when only takeout was available during that initial lockdown. Um, we improved in some areas. Not only did we improve in some areas, but I also learned a lot about my businesses in the way of like, okay, I don't need that position as much as I thought I did. I can do X, Y, and Z rather than paying X, some, Y, and Z person to do it. Back, you know. back of the, not back of the house, but like back room positions. You're talking accounting. Yeah, I could break down like a that. fucking box. You know what I mean? I could, uh, I could do... I could do the kitchen. I wash dishes. I mop floors. I, um, you know, I, I do everything that I've always been um, someone who, and I'm going to, I'm going to quote uh, Dave, the guy who founded Wendy's. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, he said, and I actually read this guy. The burgers are always fresh, never frozen. He Heard said that. That, before, that yeah. is true. But he also said, you go, you've got to have an MBA which is a mop bucket attitude. You know what I mean? Nice. And still to this day, if someone pukes in the bathroom of my bar, which believe it or not happens, okay, I'm usually kind of the first one to go, go and do it. You know, because 
your staff sees that and they're like, oh, shit. You know what I mean? That's my guys willing to do it. Then I got to be willing to do it as well. And now we're to a point where someone else beats me to the punch, which is crazy to say, but you do. You got to have that attitude, man. You got to you got to be able to be right there with the team when it's time to do a bar clean or scrub a floor or whatever, man. You got to fucking rock out with your boys. You know what I mean? So. Cool, dude. Jay, I want to ask you this. We don't have a microphone for me, so maybe my audio is not good. But maybe we can start a GoFundMe for uh, a third microphone eventually. <laughs> Jay, what is um, your biggest takeaway from, Lee, from 2020? What, what have you learned? I'm sure it's a b been a big learning experience. What, what is your biggest takeaway from everything that's happened in this very bizarre year? You know, I figured out that... <clears throat> I love my wife. I do, you know, and, and, and it's, and it's a nice like, thing to figure out. It, it really is. Mrs. Kindness is uh, a very special person who, you know, in the toughest of times you show your true colors and, and, and my wife's been fantastic and by my side and we've gone through a lot of things, but, um, I guess, I guess from a professional standpoint, um, is you've got to be adaptable and, and, and I learned that, and I think a lot of business owners have learned that. Um, you gotta be able to adapt to the situation. Um, we're in a very, very tough business, and um, maybe the business that's one of the businesses that have been most affected by this whole thing. Um, and you gotta make some, uh, some tough decisions, and uh, you gotta be able to utilize what you've been given and, and you know, Fuck, man, I learned, I learned a lot this year. Uh, I've also learned that, um, and I think a lot of people are going to take this away and we're going to see it lot, uh, a lot this upcoming summer, is that um, we need each other. We need to feed off each other. Um, I think that concerts will be something kind of that's a whole different vibe and... and um, being in bars and camaraderie and whatnot, but um, I really miss being uh, close to people and, and <laughs> really uh, absorbing their energy because that's something that you didn't realize how much was a, a real thing until until this year, fucking 2020. For sure, man. You know, for sure. So at Kai, you have um, a cl uh, no counter but tables. We have tables, yeah. The bar has not been sat since we reopened. Um, we, we, we decided not to. The thing about Kai also is that it's a mix and mingle place. Um, we, our fire code is 72 in there. Um, there were times when we've uh, probably gone one or two person over, you know, that basically it's a standing room only situation. And one of the things that you notice now that makes it, it's really difficult to be a single guy nowadays. I'll notice that because. Oh, they said on the radio this morning in Brooklyn, uh, sales of sex dolls went up 25 to 200%. No shit. Yeah, an average sales like 3,000 bucks. Wow. Like $3,000 sex just, dolls. Yeah, we just got this book. It's called uh, Sex Dolls and Vegan Meat, something like that. The, the girl was on Joe Rogan's show. Yeah, dude, it's fucking interesting. Sex styles and vegan, it's something like that. And it's about, part of the book is about uh, technology and are we in control of this thing taking over our life? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. 
is it just is technology something that grows that we're in control of or is it something that it's gonna happen whether like they're gonna put regulation on shit i don't know but yeah dude it gets into some crazy shit and the sex doll industry is fucking wild and yeah yeah oh, yeah shit, they get into like okay so um and this is like straight out of joe rogan one of yeah. my one of my inspirations for the podcast right because he's he's owned it yeah it's for fun. sure for sure he created this thing this beast that's yeah a lot of fun yeah um and he talks about uh they were talking about on the show um these dolls how these guys it's like okay so is it okay to make dolls that look like kids is it okay to make (laughs) dolls that you can kill and it's just this wild shit and and then, like, when you regulate, okay, when do regulations stop? So it's, like, this whole fucking wild thing. Anyways, leaving the sex dolls. Check out this bar I used to work at. Okay. And I better cool. follow them, too. This is a vegan bar. Um, these guys are so fucking cool. You know, I love these my, my, my wife is, uh, you know, she doesn't eat meat oh, this or dairy. The... So by and by, where is this? Portland, Oregon. Oh, no shit. These guys are so fucking cool. These guys took care of me when I was growing up. So I went to What did you like about them? What did they impart on you as far as They took care of us. Yeah. I worked in the in the kitchen, like kind of like a bar back food runner position, somewhere in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, so a funny story. I went to this guy and he was high like hiring. So I went and applied What's his because his name. Oh, I forgot. Fuck. Thanks a lot, man. <laughs> Is that Clyde? No, Clyde delicious. No, fuck. No. It's been, a, it's been a while. So I stopped eating meat, right? And so I wanted to work there as a cook. And so I went in, and he's like, why do you want to work here? And I was like, I want to learn how to cook vegan food, man. I want to see what you guys are doing. I just want to learn how to cook vegan food. And so everyone was trying to work there because it was kind of a cool spot. And so he's like, I see on your resume you got a college degree. What the hell do you want to work here for? And I was like, I don't know. Why not? And so right before I went there, I went to another place, and I learned the lesson. Uh, the guy says, so what do you want to do for a living, and like for the rest of your life? And I was, I was at an interview to be a cook. And, um, and so he asks me, fuck, I'm sorry, it's leaving me. I'm a little sleepy. Um, Why are you sleepy, Jordan? You want to talk about this? For a second, because oh, I'm in main fucking hustle mode, man. Six ah, days a week. That. I love that. I love what I do too much. <laughs> I drink a no such lot thing. of coffee. No such thing. Um. So these cats imparted, and you went there, and you became, you know, a sponge at some sort for what they were doing here. That you've you've taken something with you. This guy right here, what is he doing? Is he looking at? I don't know. Just Instagram. You know, the whiskey or the glass. He's a lot of fun. Making sure the glassware is clean. He's a great dude. Oh, look at I that. Think he was just posing. For, oh, this is the bar here. Oh, it was such. A, it was just a community, man. What did I love about it? Community, welcoming. They were cool, but they didn't give a shit if they were cool or not. Like, they were cool because they didn't care. You know what I mean? Other people were doing all these hip, trendy, like you know, like people would worry about being. Tr- they didn't care. They did what they liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just fun. You know what? It, it, it's crazy. The thing that people are missing the most in this in this business. What is this business called? It starts big H word, right? Hospitality. Hospitality. But everyone fucking skips that part because they try to be too cool. 
You know what I mean? And you go and I sit at a bar. You know, yeah. I mean, like, and it's like, uh, you know, even some of the sh- the spots I go to in like Portland, Maine, or whatever. Um, you know, the guys are too cool for school. They put more thought into which vest they're wearing that day than to how is your experience going. How are you affected by this? Are you going to take something away from you? You know, it's like one of those things where like we just forget about the the business that we're in. And so it's hospitality first. Hospitality first. It can be fucking draining. It can. But you know what? Your drinks can fucking suck. Your your music might not be right. Maybe your lighting is a little bit too bright. But if you get the hospitality down and you capture something uh what people want to feel and they love the way they feel when they're there then you will never ever ever lose in this business really you know what i mean and and everyone skips that it's always kind of mind-blowing when you go to my bar and um people are are just so wowed by the fact that we are a very casual bar that gives a fine dining style of service we really are and that's kind of like paid dividends a hundred times over uh, for us. And uh, people drop the ball on that shit. And I hate to see it. At the same time, I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take care of that. And, 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 it's, and it's a layup for me, you know? So judging by this place that you had to, um, you know, you worked at or whatever. And it seems like they imparted some of that on you. They did. And uh, I'm sorry to... Um be looking at my phone i just wanted to bring this video up because it's very uh it's cool these guys are really cool i want to share this with you real quick see what you think see if this how this works out who's this guy just real quick uh this guy is jared and i believe he's one of the co-owners of cat and cloud and i was actually talking about him on my last podcast i had watched this video right before my last podcast um these guys are pretty cool they they talk about what it's like to own a business and to be in the thick of it and they're great let's see what you think so everybody check it out i had a moment this weekend i went and got some delicious pho at a place called the noodle house and marina if you ever pass through there go to it go check it out it was referred to me for their delicious traditional pho, pho is this yummy soup that I love. So I go there expecting to get yummy pho. And I had this experience and I walked out and I was like, man, they were really nice. That was amazing service. And then I thought to myself, what did they actually do that made that service feel special to me? And then it kind of dawned on me that I don't actually have an expectation for quality service. And that was a little bit of a bummer to me. And then I continued to dissect the transactional time, the whole experience, and what I thought and remembered and noticed all that at the same time is that the people were just genuinely nice and they were into what they were serving. They were not exceptionally like over the top in any capacity. What it was is I went in there, they were very welcoming and pretty straightforward, simple. They took my order. They were nice in the process, they repeated it back really nicely, simply, and then they asked if I wanted my boba tea for now and to drink while I was waiting for the order. And I said, yeah, I'll take some boba tea for my family. And so I got it and I went out and then I came back, my order was ready and what they did was they said, hey, you want any sauces with that? And I said, yeah, I'd like one extra peanut sauce, my wife wanted that. 
And then I would like whatever sauce you think would go good with the traditional pho. And the girl was like, well, do you like spicy? I was like, yeah. And she was like, okay, cool. You know what you should have? You should have two chili oils, one of our chili sauce, and then I'm gonna give you some hoisin, which I don't think you need, but you should, just in case some people like the hoisin. Other than that, I would eat it with chopsticks and then just drink the broth. And I was like, awesome. And she's like, you're gonna love it. Got it, went out the door, and it was really insanely good. But here's what trips me out. She, the whole thing, I left going, man, this was awesome. The place was fine, kind of boring. The people were mass delightful people, right? Pandemic. So what were my takeaways? How easy is it to blow someone's mind by being nice? And let, let's, let's be real, like it doesn't, I don't get my mind blown very easily. So one, I went there because I expected quality. I got quality. If you're in specialty coffee, or if you're in any industry that is, you know, and, and you're at a level beyond maybe the fast food scope, you're probably getting people coming expecting really high quality. So one, you can let them down there. But two, you can blow their mind with just being engaged with, the, with what you're selling. You can be engaged by knowing what it is, knowing how it tastes, knowing how to make it the best experience it can be, and then being honest about your perspective. And you can only be honest about your perspective about the products you serve and all of that if you know, if you care, and if you're engaged. So my takeaways were these people are engaged, these people care about their product, and they care about being nice to somebody. So please do not waste the opportunity to change somebody's day by missing the opportunity to be nice. And do not miss your own opportunity to show up by not being engaged with what you sell, serve, or offer to people. You might not think your job is that meaningful, and that's on you and that's fine. But I can tell you something. I thought about the two people who I interacted with and I thought, man, I would hire them. And I'm just a person who cares about culture. What about you and your future could be impacted by somebody at a high level position somewhere that notices that you care, that you're gonna get after it, and that you're gonna make a difference. Everything you're about to do with your future has to do with how well you can serve. Unless you just wanna be a status quo cog in a wheel. And there's nothing wrong with being that. But if you wanna be more, and if you wanna make a bigger impact, and you wanna feel what it feels like to make an impact and help people, be your best, be nice, and it is that simple. All right, I hope y'all are having a good day. I hope that was helpful. I hope that gets you juiced. I would... That related to what we're talking about, right? Yeah, totally. Totally. It does. He put a little emphasis on the, the product, too. But um, uh, just to be be cool with people, to love what you do, and to be kind, right? It is to... People will love it, like... For sure. Because uh, it's it's unusual. That somebody cares about you? It's unusual, <laughs> man. It really is, you know? And that's why there is some opportunity to, to crush it in this business, you know? It's because people fucking mail it in. They're zombies. They go through the motions and they treat it like a normal job. But And there's um, definitely some challenges in the hospitality business because the people who tend to gravitate towards this business are, um, they've, had, they've had issues and challenges being a part of society. 
people buy you, not just your product. Mm. As, as Jay-Z once said, shout out to Jay-Z. <laughs> I'm not a businessman. I'm a business, man. Yes. Is that Blueprint or... Well, that's, that's talking about the importance of brand, right? Brand yeah. is very important. Yeah, for uh, sure. It really is. And what's your brand going to be? My you brand? I mean? My brand is that I love coffee. And I do want, I do want to teach people that uh, it's good to enjoy, I guess the whole craft move, movement is teaching people that, but to enjoy things at the next level. It doesn't, it's not all about, always about just functionality, maybe a little bit of like love in it too, right? Yeah, totally. Even if you have, if you have one coffee instead of five, like have an awesome coffee. There's a lot of people who don't just want coffee, but they want to be a part of something. A lot of people who don't That's just cool. want to sit at a bar, they want to be a part of something. The experience. You know? Yeah, and we talk about being an operator and owner and whatnot. Like a lot of my job right now is I kind of fill the gaps of my staff during service, but I sit down with a lot of tables just for five minutes, and you know I learn about them and, you know, uh, we, we call it collecting dots, which you'll find in this book, uh, which is little tidbits about people and then, uh, connecting the dots. Like we find out, Oh, Oh, you're from Wisconsin. Oh, okay, cool. My bartender's from Wisconsin. And then this, that, and the other, but yeah, basically long story short, you, you just gotta like, um, you know, connect with people because when you connect with them and they come to your place, they feel a sense of ownership and it blows people's fucking minds when they can roll in there on a date or with their parents or whatever and be like, I know the owner. Yeah. And then when you show up and you high five them and say, Hey, Nicole, how are you? They feel great. And the people who are with them are impressed because Nicole is a part of Kaibar. And Nicole knows who I'm talking about. Shout out to Nicole. <laughs> Sick. Yeah. Well, I don't, I've already said this, but I just want to say it again real quick. I just want to squeeze it in. Um, I have a lot more I want to chat with you about if I can. But I sure. um, just want to say thank you for taking the time to be here, dude. Yeah, it was so cool, man. You know, you, you I learned a lot, you know, today. And, and uh, you know, it was cool being back here. Thank you for hosting me in this special, special building. And, uh Really, you've got a great thing going on here, man, and I'm and I'm pretty impressed. And uh, you know, any way I could help out, be I'd be I'd be happy to, because that's what this business is all about. I wanna I wanna squeeze in that story. I was trying. I fell asleep when I was telling before. Okay. I went to an interview, and it was a really cool new spot that was opening up. I wanted to cook there, and the guy said, "So, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? What do you want to do as a career?" And I said, "Oh, dude, I want to do my photography, you know, and." Like, I'm really into snowboarding right now. I, really, I want to be a pro snowboarder one day. But, you know, I'm doing photography, maybe a professor after I blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, oh, well, you know, it was great meeting you, man. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for someone who wants to cook for the rest of their life. Like, a chef. Like, and I learned something there. I don't know. I yeah. don't know the meaning of that story. But it's a story. And we can pick it apart. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I totally get it, too. Because as an employer... Um, with certain concepts, you don't want someone that is, um, you know, I, th I think what he was saying was a testament to the passion that they were looking for, whether or not you were going to bring it. Um, they, they want a, a dedication and a passion. 
I get it. And uh, sometimes you got to make some tough decisions on the, on the, on the front end of, of making some higher, but um, you know, it, it, I could tell that you've got that passion. That guy fucked up by not hiring you, man. I'd hire you. Oh, thanks man. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's like we talked about before. Maybe this whole time I thought, oh, that's where I fucked up. But maybe it was like we said, like maybe he could have took me on and I could have cooked and I would have Mm -hmm. taken pride in my work. But maybe that's not, maybe I would have been on the bus a little bit shorter than he expected for the ride. I don't know. It's all crazy, man. It's tough. You weren't supposed to be on that bus, man. Yeah, that's all right. I ended up at the buy and buy. It was a blast. Yep. It was really amazing. Yeah, man. You like coffee? I do like coffee. I do like coffee. I don't drink a ton of it because ca- caffeine kind of fucks me up. So I start off my day, um, you know, uh, whenever I can with some weed. I find that, oh, that nice. that's kind of a better better stimulant for me, you know. makes me happier, too. <laughs> I used to um, – I live in Massachusetts. I used to grow it legally. Oh, nice. Yeah, I love that a lot. But I, it doesn't work for my system yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it makes me just uncomfortable like a, like anything I get from weed, I just want to hurry up and go away. Like I don't get anything. Booze, I kind of like a little yeah, bit. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. like it. But uh Let me ask you a question. How do you feel about nitro? Uh coffee? Yeah. Coffee particularly, yeah, right? N- yeah, not nitro, nitro the location. No. Nitro not the, nitro the item. location. Yes. Uh it's great. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> what don't you like about it? Uh, sometimes with uh, cold water extraction, it doesn't extract everything from the coffee. Um, what's a good metaphor? Um, it would be like trying to make strawberry jelly with cold, cold water without cooking it. Mm. Maybe you're not changing the sugars. You're not making those chemical compounds happen. Why do you think people are into it? Uh, well, because it's, uh, it, it's totally an awesome, interesting product. It's good. It's good. It, uh, I think it lacks some acidity, right? Um, you, there's ways to do uh, better down the road. The nitro bar, they do fucking amazing nitro. Fucking, it's awesome. It has a coolness about it. It's on a tap. It's mm-hmm. um, it's fun. It's an interesting mouthfeel. I find it to be more viscous. That's um, oh, cool. You know, and, and uh, I've never been a coffee guy only because of the way that caffeine affects me. I like the flavor of, of coffee a lot, but I get that edgy, you know, irritable at times oh really i go through phases with coffee man i just had like a two-year phase where i was drinking nitro every day before i went to work you know and then all of a sudden it just hit me like that where it was just it was a little bit too much for me but i mean i enjoyed the product of nitro brew i don't know if it was because the the it seems to be a higher caffeine content um but i also just i don't know i liked the flavor and you know one would last me throughout the day. I would hit it a few times throughout yeah. the day. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you think it's a trend that's going to die out? I don't know, man. I don't know. I think Jordan would be the better guy to ask about that. No, I think I think the act of charging coffee with nitrogen is not going anywhere. Yeah. I think people are doing cool things with cold brew, like hot water bloom and stuff like that. Hot, you take the coffee, you hit it with hot water, bloom it, release the gases. 
maybe div I, that now that's getting a little sciencey out of my realm, but that might start to um, start the sugars chemically changing. Mm -hmm. I think it's what is it called? Simple and complex sugars, right? Mm -hmm. I always think of like, uh, is it called the Maillard reaction? I'm you, not familiar, no. Where potatoes, you cook a potato, it goes from starch to sugar. I don't know if that happens in coffee. So, yeah. I, you know, I'm always learning about coffee. Yeah. I've been in the specialty coffee world for about a year. I love it. I learn constantly, all the time. Nick, you looking that up for us? Whether the Maillard reaction happens in coffee or not. Because it might not be starches or whatever. Um, is nitrogen, is nitro uh, cold brew coffee going to stick around forever? I think it has a place. Yes, absolutely. I think so. People do cool things with nitrogen charging in like barista competitions for specialty drinks. Barista competitions, a pretty cool th thing to look into. They do an espresso, a cappuccino, and then a specialty drink. And so people do things with the uh, nitrogen where they'll do espresso and uh, not simple syrups. They do bitters and all, all these different things they'll do in with the espresso. Throw it in a, a charging can, like a whipping can. What do you call sure. it? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, you have a, 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 sl a slingo name or sl yeah, slang yeah, name for a whipping uh, can? Fuck. ISI. <laughs> An ISI. It's, yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. You just, put a nitro. It gets a charge. It's an ISI charge. You have a little canister that you just screw in, and it goes. Yep. They'll do a yeah. nitrogen instead yeah. of CO2. Yep. And then you can pour espresso that way. Someone does like an espresso old fashioned. I've seen that way. So, yeah. Nitrogen charging is fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I'm into this new thing I have over here. I sell nitro in my shop. People like it. I like it. I drank it all summer. Um, I have this other cool thing in the shop by Elemental Beverage Company that's called Snap Chill. And I know the story pretty well. I may miss something, but, uh, Snap Chilling was created by an MIT student. As his thesis project, he wanted to create iced coffee that wasn't oxidized wasn't diluted, so not stale, not diluted with ice. Hot coffee, throw ice in it to make it cold dilution, right? Mm -hmm. You don't want to dilute. Dilution is huge in your game, right? Mm -hmm. Not huge in my game. Mm -hmm. um, except unless you're making an Americano. That's a big thing, diluting. That's the whole not, thing, right? Not diluting. I prefer non-dilution, but I dilution has its place. Yep. yep. My buddy's telling me oh, scotch or whiskey, bourbon, bourbon. Yes, I'm fucking, I'm so ignorant, dude. But you got to you serve it with a dripper, doop, doop, to kind of sure, activate it or something, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, snap chilling, no oxidation, no dilution. You take hot brewed coffee, and he took these coils that would drop the temperature from most likely 200 degrees where he brewed it down to 36 degrees in eight minutes. These guys are fucking awesome. So they patented this technology, and they have these canned hot brewed coffees. Now, if you took that and nitro charge, that would be fucking cool. I think mm. they have some of them. I think they do it. But, Nick, you like your snap chills you had? Awesome. My one problem with Nick is he tells me everything's good. It kind of no, 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 no. bums me out sometimes. Do you know what, though? Nick will be the first person to tell you <laughs> something's not cool. I hope so. I feel like I got more of that from him. Oh, yeah. good, good. Because I need that. Especially from, I need that. You know, he's my homie. <laughs> so, um, cold brew's cool. It's something you can do at home. It's fucking, it's sick. Yeah. And some people like that the uh, some of the acidity is uh, lost. In my perspective, it's acidity is lost, right? Because acidity, 
is not a, acidity is not a crime. Acidity is good in coffee. Um, so with cold brew, you lose a little bit of that acidity, but you, some people like the I don't know if you say roundness. Um, but acidity in coffee is good. One cool thing I heard someone say is if you take a lemon and you bite into it and you get that mouthful of acidity, it's not good, right? That's not pleasant. But if you take lemons and you squeeze them all in a jar and you throw in sugar, now you're enjoying, you make lemonade and you're enjoying that acidity. So acidity in coffee sometimes is too much if you didn't get to extract all of those sugars. But acidity when properly extracted and balanced in a balanced espresso or filter brewed coffee mm -hmm. is amazing. Mm -hmm. My new thing is pour over. Fuck, man, that's fucking awesome, dude. It really opened my mind to what coffee can be. Another thing I thought a few seconds ago, coffee is so cool. It's like marijuana, and there's a couple other things in the way. This one thing can take on this insane universe of flavors. This is total hit you in the face with strawberry jam notes. And then you, you bounce over to a Guatemalan coffee, and now you've got toffee and nougat. I made a coffee the other day from Guatemala. Uh, it's called Vista Hermosa by Coffee Collective. It smelled just like a Snickers bar. No but then kidding. you bounce over to, okay, so today in my shop, I made a post about it this morning. I have two coffees from the same washing station, both processed in a different way. Both roasted by Onyx Coffee Lab. The washed Ethiopian coffee. Peaches. Dude, peaches. It's like, holy shit. They call it, um, what's the word that they use? They don't use peaches in the tasting note, but tasting notes are all about what you know in your head. Stone fruit. Stone fruit, yeah, is, is a general term, right? They yeah. call, they used apricot. Yeah, okay. So I don't know apricot. I think peaches, right? I'm from Fall River, dude. Come yeah. on, man. Back off, dude. I have a very limited, <laughs> I don't know, man. limited extent of tasting. They don't grow notes, peaches right? in on, Fall dude. River? No. it's Right under friend. the Braga Bridge there, there's no <laughs> peach patch? <laughs> no, dude. There's no apricots, okay? We have fucking peaches, okay? Battleship Cove? Yeah. Peaches, it's a fucking the fuzzy apple. It tastes <laughs> like a fuzzy apple to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but then you, you the same process, same washing station, Ethiopian... The Bensa processing station, I'm pretty sure. Again, come on, man. If I fuck something up, come on, man. Um, naturally processed coffee. The same coffee, different process. Now you've got tropical fruit. Again, they call star fruit, something we don't have in Fall River. All yeah. right? We've got pineapples. Not right? even down at the market basket? <laughs> no, dude. And actually, there probably is star yeah, fruit in them. I've yeah, seen it. Fuck yeah. yeah. Do you use star we knew that as the Harbor Mall, like back in my day. Like, oh yeah, it was that's a where whole I grew up. Fucking mall, yeah. Dude, great ledges to skate in the front of the Harbor Mall. Yeah, man. There's... You didn't get kicked out at ten o'clock. No, man, that place was fucking dope. Yeah. Well, I mean, kinda. Yeah. It had nothing in it. <laughs> <laughs> there was a store called Bradley's. It was a chain back in the day. It was kind of a big deal. But I'm pretty fucking old, so. I don't. I don't remember Bradley's. Yeah, yeah. It's. it's I think it's Burling with Burlington. No, you know now. what? I fucked up. It was Kmart. Oh, Kmart. Yeah. 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 Kmart's gone. They were closing for like fifteen years. They were. I was going on a business sale from like eighty-five <laughs> to the year two thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. But yeah, that was a fun place to not go to. Uh, Forbes, like you said, it's a trip, man. It's fucking cool. 
I I want I want to show it some love. You know what Floor River has that I think about in my business one day dreams about. Floor River has those mills that is a, an opportunity to maybe be able to do something cool like this school they did, like a creative reuse. I think they call it. Sure. Um, Newport, I feel like doesn't have a lot of that. It's, it's Newport's on an island. Um, property is very valuable, right? Especially um, now. Yeah. Right now is the highest Stupid. it's ever been. I don't yeah, even know what yeah, that by far. I was probably looking to buy a house the next year, but I don't know, I'll probably probably sit tight for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dad. I'm a dad. Yeah. One kid. I have um, I have two two boys. I have a uh, uh, my young man who's 12, and then I got a, a 15 year old uh, my wife had from a previous relationship. But wow, man. Yeah, yeah, they're they're older they're kiddos. Boys. Yeah, older older boys. So cool, dude. Yeah, they're fun. Yeah, I, I sure. have a five year old and a two year old. Oh no, kidding. Yeah, they just left the shop. That's part of why I'm wow. a little bit fucking sleepy. Sweet, sweet. Yeah, I like having them here. It's yeah. amazing. Sweet, dude. So when you're talking to Josh Berman. Yeah. All right. What time is that at? <laughs> you going to come and join us, dude? Oh, man. That would be a lot of fun. Fuck. Can you convince the wife? Yeah, I could. Uh, I've got the little little tool to crack that nut. You know, that would be fun. I'd, I'd love it if you were here. Yeah, man. I would, I would. I fucking I would, love it. It'd be a really fun time, actually. So the three. Stories. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, a, it'd be a really fun time. I'd love to hear the stories. Yeah. Let you guys take over a little bit. Of course, yeah. We'll, uh... well, we got a week to get two more microphones. In, so. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll just fucking, I'll go, buy, I'll go pick one up if you're going to join us cool. for that. Cool. Cool. Uh, <laughs> where, where can I bring my organs? I'll go trade an organ for. <laughs> I'll donate semen. I don't know. Are they still paying for that or? No. <laughs> I don't know. Bulgaria, COVID uh, semen? In Bulgaria, I'm going to go for about 25 <laughs> really? And a, and a bowl those. of potato soup. Mm. You think you think COVID increased the price of lungs in Bulgaria? No, no. The supply. It is an affliction of the supply. lungs. Maybe liver. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a lot of drinking. It's okay. I can edit this last part out. Yeah, you're gonna have to, <laughs> you're gonna have to edit this down under two hours somehow. It was a good combo. Well, we can we can fucking bullshit as long as you feel like you're having fun, or we can cut it off. Whatever. There's no. Rules I got a little bit this. more time left to me. All right, I, I would love for you. Do we have to, a bong here, dude? So you know what I didn't get into <laughs> that I was thinking about. So it's been awesome meeting you, dude. Mm. You're a fucking you blast. as well, man. You as well. Sweet. I told you he's really fun I know, but I don't know what the fuck you. I didn't trust you, man. What the fuck? You're from the lung stealing. Dude, I, don't, I, don't I love podcasting. I would come on as like. The the third wild card anytime anytime you want. All right, sweet. Yeah, man. Um, one of the things I wanted to kind of maybe pick your brain about or see if you have any thoughts about is how bartending and drink making could come into the coffee world now. Like, well, I think it has, man. I think that um, you know. Well, first and foremost, like my one of my main bartenders right now, uh, he's from the Starbucks world. You know what I mean? He he was applying for a job. He really wanted to to apprentice for me, and his uh, his his uh, resume was 
uh, line cook, line cook, line cook, sous chef, and then five years at Starbucks. And to me, that's like, boom. That's pretty cool. Those are intangibles right there. So this guy's made high volume beverages and high, and high volume food. So um, it all kind of came together. So he's gone the reverse role and then definitely um, taken some of his coffee inspiration and brought it into booze. And I think there's a place in Providence, the New Harvest. Uh, yep. Yeah, I think that they... I, I've never been there, but from what I understand, perhaps they have a bar there as well. Or oh, yeah? is, is there booze involved? I feel like there is. Um, cool. We are one of our top selling drinks is uh, our espresso. You have an martini. espresso machine? We we do. What is it? Um, it's actually a really high tech machine. I think it's from Italy or it might fr- might be from China. It's How does called it work? N- Nespresso. Oh, <laughs> the fucking dude. Fuck. That's fucking rad, man. It's the China machine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking so we have thought a, up and it designed in Italy, created it, in China, right? Yeah, I don't know. Fucking sick, man. Definitely. Um, <laughs> but you know what, though? It makes the best espresso martini because yeah. 9 out of 10 bars will take, if you're lucky, they'll actually brew some espresso and they'll keep it in a bottle in the well. So when you order our espresso, uh, espresso teen, I know, I know, <laughs> killing you. When you order ours, we actually will brew the Nespresso. We use a very different blend. Um, so we use vanilla vodka as our base, which is not crazy unusual. Um, and then we use Tia Maria rather than Kahlua because it's a little bit more tart. And then uh, as the wild card ingredient, we use something called Averna, which is an Italian Amaro. It's a bitter spirit, okay? Oh, so this brings a whole in fucking world. T- totally different. In, totally different. So you've shit. got depth, depth, toffee, uh, roasted coffee. Where's the sweetness? Is there sweetness in there? Uh, the Tia Maria will bring the sweetness, but it's very muted. So I went for a flavor uh, palette that was uh, much less sweet. So it was kind of drinks like... Um, an espresso. And the, and the really cool thing about this cocktail is when you make it, you add the Nespresso last because you don't want too much dilution when you're building a cocktail. Yeah. You shake the shit out of it. Um, and then you do a technique we call a double strain, which means we've got our Hawthorne strainer, which is the traditional strainer you see on top of the tin. And then we're sending it through um, like a, uh, fine mesh, a, a fine mesh strainer, which is taking the ice chips out of it. The ice chips will kill that foam at the top that we get that people love. So you're getting a black drink with a, about a two inch white foam at the top that acts huh. as a filter to, um, you know, take out some of the, uh, bitterness and creates a, a more round flavor. So our espresso martini is definitely the real deal, and we've put a lot of thought into it, as with all of our cocktails. Um, so yeah, it's and 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 we we will not serve it to people if if they, uh, you know, insert the letter X into the uh, the co- into the cocktail. <laughs> I, I've made a couple of posts on social media where I'll, I'm like, it's espresso, and people are just like. Amen. You know what I mean? So it's kind of funny. You know, you, you know, truthfully give it too many ways. But it's a, it's a really neat cocktail. And uh, I've had a lot of, have a lot of fun and, and success making, making that drink amongst others. So, um, what's your thought on Bailey's and espresso martini? You know, we use it as an option. I don't put it in there automatically. I mean, um, I get it. It's just that if you come to my establishment, we're going to, we're gonna suggest when you order it with Bailey's, we're like, oh, ours, ours is made without Bailey's. We really, um, 
you know, suggest that you try it without, and I'm always happy to add it if you're not pleased with it. And, uh, you know, nine, nine out of 10 times, people are like, that's awesome. I'm glad I tried it this way. You know, and it's kind of an extension of the hospitality. You don't make them feel dumb for what they want. If they prefer it with, with Bailey's, who are you to say whether they're right or wrong? That's right for them, man. Something Danny Mayer says is, you know, how the saying goes, your customer is always right. Something he says is most of the times they're not right, but they always want to be heard. Mm -hmm. Customers are most of the times not right, but it's, it's that attention that they want. It's, the, it's being heard. Sure. It's, it's being recognized and, and their opinion to matter is what they want. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So you got you got the issue of getting people out when you t it's time to close. I got yeah. the issue of opening <laughs> at seven. <laughs> well, I pulled this up because I, I guess it was in his stories. I'm still trying to figure out how Instagram what even time works. Do you open it? Seven. Seven. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how Instagram works. So it was in his stories, but it was a meme, and it was like a, a guy like out on a protest or out on the street with a sign that says "Espresso has no X in it." <laughs> um, yeah. Shut up. You yeah. Need to hashtag all these people. <laughs> um, do you use? Uh, have you ever heard or used seventeen twenty four tonic? I've not heard of that before. No, no, no. Do you use Craft Beer Guild by any chance? I you I do. Yes. Dave, you know Dave. I don't know Dave. I have a rep named Jared. Oh, okay. Maybe they're, they're different in different places, right? Absolutely. It's probably Just about four or five throughout the state. Yeah. Oh, cool. I use um, this tonic. It's really fucking good. And it's, people told me they have it in the UK. Um, maybe, dude, if, maybe if you're here next, next week, I can make you an espresso tonic. I love that. I'll start you off with an espresso tonic. So I do tonic, then ice, and eat this extremely effervescent. Here, take this with you. Try it out. Fucking, awesome, will do. Fucking That's good, awesome. man. We'll do. Fucking good. People told me they, they had it in a gin bar mixed with another tonic that I think was less sweet. I think this one's real sweet and citrus forward, maybe. Cool. Um, so I do an espresso tonic, uh, tonic, ice. Then I, I, what is decanting? Uh, decanting is the process of opening up. It's usually, uh, you know, used for wine. Uh, when you have a super old wine that's been bottled up for a long time, when it sees air, it begins to open up, and then different nuances come about. So traditionally, so you're aerating it. You're exactly, pouring it twice. Exactly. So traditionally, if you look at a look up a decanter, it's it almost looks like a vase or a vase where the bottom stretches out. So you get as much of the wine hitting surface area as possible. Opens it up. Vase. Yeah, it's 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 really wild. So I, I'll pour the espresso in a separate vessel. I don't. I guess that I don't think it's decanting in, in this in this way. So I'll I'll run the espresso in a different vessel, and I'll have the espresso. I mean the, the tonic with ice. Pour the espresso over, and then I take the peel of a citrus. My buddy, who's a bartender, showed me mm -hmm. about this. Expressing the oils. Mm. When you Beautiful express thing. the oils, I'm dude. I'm expressing the oil. I express the oils like this because I'm still gonna know. Why? It's it's expressing without you realizing it, right? Sure, sure. If, it fills if, the air with. So lemon. what I what I do too is like um, if you're using most frequently in our business, you're using a vegetable peeler of some sort. So I'll take the fruit and then as I'm peeling it, 
I'm going to keep it right over the cup, right over the cup like this, because oh, really? as I'm peeling oh. it, it's spraying already, man. You oh, know, shit. it's probably about half of the oils are leaving that. Um, and oh. then when you hit it again, you're going to hit it like this and then you a twist a it a little bit. So that's where it's called a twist. And then you, and then you touch it around the rim. And, and that is such like a huge um, impartation of flavor. Is that a word? Imparting flavor. Oh, the flame comes into play. Um, so, uh, as with most flavors, you once you flame them, it, it 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 changes the flavor profile a lot. So you're changing the sugars, the compounds. Absolutely. The sugar, make, so make so when you're express uh, exp is it expressing or ex expressing? <laughs> There's no X in expressing. Okay, man, come on, dude. So yes, uh, you want to get the flame in between the oils, and then your spirits. So it's going to blow through like a blowtorch on the top of your drink and, and, and give you like a toasted orange I always orange see that flavor. with oranges. Yeah, um, you could do it with I lemons. I mostly use lemons. Lemons, you could do it with lemons as well. Hey, yeah. dude, if you have a second, can I make you an espresso tonic? You can tell me yeah, sure. what Rock you think, roll. how we can make it better. Okay. And the other thing, the main thing I would like to ask you about is uh, should I serve it with a straw or should I serve it with an open top? Open top. All right. All Could day. you guys bullshit about something while I make an espresso yeah, tonic course. real quick? Of course. Nice. Yeah. Tell yeah. some stories Locker about door. fucking the revolving door. I'll be back in a minute. An espresso tonic in the shop especially takes a minute. So I'll be right back. Espresso tonic. That's probably one of my favorite drinks you have, Jordan. <laughs> but I'm very excited, Jay, to have uh, cool. hopefully if you come in with, uh, with Josh. So he's... All right, I'm gonna. Um, I have to text my wife real quick. Ah, okay. How is she doing, by the way? She it's makes amazing pizza, man. She is. She's good. Uh, it's my whole staff over there, besides myself, is women, so we call them the pizza babes. <laughs> Dude, I swear that's probably the best pizza in Rhode Island. Amano's. Oh, thank you. No offense, guys. You make awesome pizza, but whew, man. Thanks, man. Where did you get your inspiration for the pizzas? You make some uh, some different ones, too. We do, we do. So it's almost kind of a, you know, I take something from my cocktail world, and then I bring it over to the food world, and, and, and it's just being inspired by an ingredient or two, bringing it over to pizza game. We've had, it's crazy, like, I'll get kind of like, uh, you know, some really interesting flavors and we we had an employee be like "Ooh, let's use roasted beets and goat cheese and all this stuff and we come up with these really cool like nuance pies and they're good but then we'll put something on the menu like uh some chicken fingers and french fries with some honey mustard and people are like yes please and it'll you sell like fucking everyone, crazy man. dude but the cool thing about pizza is you can put anything on it so we're working on uh, a couple different things, a breakfast pizza, which is going to have eggs, bacon, waffles, uh, oh. some maple syrup, and then we got tots, so we can call that hash browns, right? Just promise you're not going to use corn syrup? Oh, there will not be any corn syrup. We use. Uh, we actually have maple trees in the back of the restaurant that oh, we tap. And you tap them? Yeah, we tap them. Oh, dude, that is sick. We tap them, and then we uh, cook down and do a whole process where we... You make your own maple we syrup? We make our own maple syrup. We have chickens on the level. roof um, that we raise. They're free range. Those, um, those like, darker-looking ones? What's that? The dark chickens? Yeah, the darker feathered ones. Well, they have... Yeah, the Rhode Island Reds. They're purebred. They're heritage. What about the seagulls? 
They're plentiful. Seagulls hang out down by the Chinese food restaurant. They utilize those you know, a lot more. It's funny you say that. Okay, so this is a story that I remember. I will tell the story by how I remember it. I don't know how accurate it is, but I believe it's about 98% accurate. So there was this Chinese restaurant across uh, from this school I went to in, uh, in Bulgaria. And um, long story short, that restaurant was, was closed. And I remember a story in the paper was that restaurant was closed because they served dog meat. Mm. Because there, there are a lot of stray dogs in, in and around my city. Mm-hmm. And they still have, I'm not going to mention them, but uh, they still have a chain opened. I hope f- they don't serve stray it's dogs. It's a Bulgarian chain? I mean, it's owned by immigrants in Bulgaria. Like, who would immigrate from China to Bulgaria? <laughs> I don't know, man. Is there some it's sort like a of last uh, resort? Yeah, it's like a last resort place to go. But I things guess. have got to be rough in that area of China. I mean, to be dude. like, I'm fucking. We're going to Bulgaria. <laughs> we're Is fucking move yay. on. Yay! I mean, I guess if it's between being put in a concentration camp and eating potatoes your whole life, I guess I know which one I would choose. Yeah. But yeah, dude. That that's. I might have had dog. Here's the thing that's kind of fucked up, and this is a whole different podcast. Um, so why are dogs uh, less acceptable to eat than fucking I know. cows? You know, there's some pretty charming cows out there, I'm pretty sure, you know. Let's, yeah, let's not even go there. I know. Because I enjoy a nice, you know, meal of some protein, you know, from the animal variety. I do as well. I do. I think it's just the culture that that we have grown accustomed to, uh, but correct me if I'm wrong, but if any of us here are faced with starvation, with feeding our families between eating the dog or having our kids or, or anyone we know die, what are we gonna do? Yeah. It, it's, it's survival. And sure. some cultures, it's, it's... It's not ethically wrong to eat meat in no. this case. No. no, it's not. If, there's ethical ways of acquiring your meat. You know, if you're, you know, a bow hunter and you go and you get your own meat and you put the hustle and you drag it back, yeah. If you go to Stop and Shop and buy a steak, I'm guilty of doing that, but it's not, it's, it's very different mm. than, than getting it yourself. So you think it's unlikely that the Stop and Shop steak was wrestled to the ground by by men yeah no i believe it was probably raised on a really shitty farm somewhere yeah yeah. and the cow was probably slaughtered very inhumanely but i have stopped eating uh pork and chicken and i only eat maybe beef and a lot of seafood yeah um but yeah it's that's a whole nother podcast about how ethically things have been i'm down i want to be in there so let's drink this let's drink this drink before it dies um we've got the last citrus in the in the water so i don't have any citrus that's okay that's okay so so, tell me about this when it's served originally when it when it's served originally it it's separate from the espresso the espresso sitting on the top of the tonic because if it blends together immediately it does this reaction where volcanoes mm-hmm. so that's why i serve it with a straw because then maybe people can kind of oh, mix try it both at ways, their yeah. speed you know what i mean yeah 
that's wild, man. Yeah, it's different. Let's try it this way. I always found that the, um, and it's kind of like the same with beer. You know, the foam at the top serves a purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah, interesting. Totally different cocktail. Really? So, yeah. Um, I, I would prefer, I'd prefer going out the top and through the foam. Because really? it's kind of like, yeah, if you, if you, if you, like the, the, the stout drinking, the Guinness or whatnot, you talk to anybody who's worked for the, um, you know, the brewery, they'll tell you that it's crafted with the, the head on with top intention. of it as, as it totally, yeah, every aspect of it, you know what I mean? And so I'm definitely from that school where I look at foam differently. This is me. You're watching me create intention in, in real time. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> if you tell me it's right, then I'm cre- that's the intention. Ah, totally, man. <laughs> um, here's the thing, though. If you look at your consumer, um, especially with the, with, the, with the coffee world, you're dealing with people who are just on the go and they want to fucking get it in, in, inside of them, you know, as quickly as possible. And... Um, well, I, I you're gonna I, get people. They're gonna put a fucking lid right on it. Yeah, and, and I conflict with that in ways all the time. There's a lot of ways where I can say, I prefer a pour over um, with no lid, so you can enjoy the experience. Mm-hmm. Here's a lid if you need it. Mm-hmm. Or I I, um, I sell ther- uh, thermoses here, so uh, by Fellow. Fellow's a badass company, and these thermoses mugs are awesome they have a whole open top so you can enjoy the aroma and they have one that your nose can literally fit in this thing then they have another where the top's a bit smaller it's called the travel yeah so this is an everywhere mug and so an everywhere mug's cool and dude i'm not showing off product to fucking sell it this is my i'm having fun i love what i fucking do so fellow everywhere mugs completely open with a sip lid so your whole face is in there and you're enjoying the coffee it's with intention you know what i mean um but then people oh but it's gonna spill so they do have oh thanks Nick. they be fucking hooking it up then they have the move mug it's got a splash guard in it so people like the the sip lid so it's not spilling everywhere they fucking solve that check that out no shit they solve that where you're in your i'm in my bouncy f-250 truck driving it's like this it's not splashing out because of this but i can still i have my whole face in the cup so there's workarounds for like uh intention with the drink and convenience as well so if 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 you enjoy it with no straw i'm gonna make myself one tomorrow morning and i'm gonna have it that way and i'm gonna if if i think it's better too I'm going to, when I serve it, I'll say, hey, you know, I can put a lid on it with a straw, but I prefer to serve it this way. It kind of looks way cooler, too, without this lid and the straw, too. Yeah, you know, and, and, and you talk about intention, which is a really interesting word when it comes to this stuff. Um, We're all know, learning all the time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, uh, going back to the way I serve the espresso martini is like, hey, this is the way we came up with it for it to be enjoyed this way. If you're not pleased with it, though, I'll switch it up for you. And it's kind of like if you go to a nice restaurant and a chef who's put a lot of thought into a dish and then there's persimmon in the dish and you're like, oh, I don't like persimmon. You know what? The, the, the chef put the persimmon in there for a reason because it, <laughs> it, it, it counters, you know, 
the 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 fiddlehead fern or whatever else is yeah, going yeah, on yeah, in there, yeah. and and it's all it's it has a purpose, and and you got to give it a shot if you're willing to go out to this restaurant and be, you know, adventurous and whatnot. Just that's a that's a struggle. You're you're there, you know, and you've got someone who's passionate about their craft. Like they come here, Jordan, and they're like. Why are they here? Because they heard you got good fucking coffee, and they heard uh, you know that you care about your craft. And if you're, if, you, if Most you're like, people are that way. They're like, I'm open to tell me about. Let's it. go. Holy shit! You, you're liking the fucking natural Ethiopian today. It's tropical, tropical fruit flavors. I'm all fucking. I'm yeah. all about it. Hit you, me up. You got a captive audience, man. But I did read. So I've been that way. I worked somewhere where someone was like, "This is the traditional way I serve things. It has tomatoes. It has cucumbers. Tall. I'm talking about you, tall." And that's cool. That's okay. This, it said, this menu has no substitutions. This is the traditional way it's served. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's awesome. And I agree with that. So I lived kind of by that code a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I grew, one way I grew as a, in, as a person in, in the service industry or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I read somewhere, the right way to make a coffee is the way that they want it. Sure. So if they say, I want an extra hot latte, burn the fucking shit out of that milk, dude. Burn it away, because that's, that's the right way to mm-hmm. serve it. I want to pour over with sugar and milk. All right, here you go, sugar and milk. I can, I can, I can su- make suggestions, maybe subtle or, ob- like, I can make suggestions, but still serve it the way they want it. In the end of the day, it's theirs, right? That's the art form, is finding that in-between. Because there's a, there, there's a funny saying that what's the difference between a mixologist and a bartender? And a mixologist... Is a douche. Is, <laughs> we did learn that earlier. Uh, a, a mixologist will serve you what they want you to drink. And a bartender will serve you what you want to drink. So yeah. there is... There, Fuck elitism. You know, uh, t- tell me about it. <laughs> um, there, is a, there, there is a way... Um, around that a little bit is if you can you it's all about people reading is you can find a way to introduce them comfortably to something um you know here's the way i drink it here's the way hey give this a shot if you don't like it i'll get it to you a different way just tell them that what the fuck does it matter to you if you if you dump two 80 cents of your cost probably less down the drain but then you make a, 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 yeah, a customer that's, cool. that's going to be there for years and years and years and not only is that customer going to be there for years but they're going to tell 10 people about it and you get 10 new people and then it yeah. keeps going and going and going you know they say you know if if people have a bad experience they tell 10 people if they have a good experience they tell two people you know what i mean they can't wait to fucking spout off about this horrible experience they had at this place. That's a real thing, man. It, it really is. So no matter how badly we fuck up, you know, if you if you read the Yelp reviews of my restaurants, I I respond to every single one for That's the cool. most part, especially the bad ones. And, um, Do you ever stick up for your, your clients? It, yes, but in a way that they didn't even know until it's too late. Nice. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's... You stick up for your employees as well. I, I, I do, and and... It's, you know, a lot of times we stand up for our product, but we always kind of, it's always kind of blunt, bluntly like, hey, you know, we really strive for X, Y, and Z. Um, I'm sorry that we dropped the ball on this day. I'm sorry. How can I make it up to you? It's hard to do that. It's hard. How can I make it up to you? You know, it, 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 it can be hard. You know what I mean? Or, 
you know, you can just kind of get over it and then remember why you're in the business, you know, because ultimately at the base of it, it's to fucking make some money and make a living. You know what I mean? Because yeah, we love doing it. Yeah, we love doing it. It was exciting for sure, when we got into it, you're not going right? to love being super broke. You know what I mean? So you've got to figure out a way to to keep the fucking juices flowing. you got to figure out a way to monetize your passion. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. You know? Well, part of my... Part of what I love is making some something that people love. That's fucking cool. It's yep. a cool like, Jordan. This is fucking great, man. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's fucking. And it takes a lot to get to that point. I made I made a lot of stuff that sucks. Sure. I t- <laughs> I also like to be transparent. If I make something that sucks, I'll drink it with them and I'll be like, Hey, that sucked, dude. Yeah. yeah. Here's a, I have these coins. Here's a coin. Come in for another drink, dude. It yeah. doesn't suck. Yeah. It happens. Totally. Especially when I, you come into my shop, you you have. A choice of 20 different coffees to try. So I'm doing new things every single day, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And it sucks sometimes. Sorry, hey, that's transparent. Full transparency. You come into my shop, if if something sucks, it sucked, dude. And I tell my people, you know, if you didn't like it, come back for another one. Yeah, we are in the people-pleasing business. That's what we do. We're, we're all in it because at the very root of it, we want to please people. You know? So The other day, I was like, man... It was kind of a rough day, and I was like, man, it feels like everybody's being a fucking dick to me. And then I realized something I realized over the years is like, I think it was me. It was me, man. It was in me, like, that day. I, was, I wasn't I was into it, you know? I wasn't in it. Maybe the weather, I slept shitty or something. And I was like, no, you know, it's me, dude. I, was, I, was, I had bad energy coming off of me, and we weren't having a connection like we usually do. Yeah. But yeah. it's hard. Sure is, but, you know, fucking keep moving forward and, and rocking out, you know, simple as that sounds. Can you guys tell me about Berman? What's Berman all about? You guys used to work at I think Yeah, I think you should figure it out, you know. All right, cool. I think that's, I think that's the best interview method. Is, it's been fucking cool getting to know you in, in real time. Yeah, man, it's, it's been a pleasure, you know. Nothing I like more than talking about myself. <laughs> you must be an artist. Some people think that I've, I'm a, I'm a cocky bastard, and I'm I'm not. I'm like half. No, as you're cocky an artist. I think I am. Yeah, yeah. So you must no. do great shit. I want to go to the. I can't wait to go to Kaiba. Yeah, man. We would love to have you. We'll roll out the 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 carpet and give you a good time and slice and co. And slice and co. We'll send you over there for slices afterwards, and we'll make a night out of it. I'm gonna try this dough. Bring your lady. Bring the kids. You ever do um take home and make pizza did you get into that you know we're working on some things right now some exciting things do you want to tell us about it or is it is um it, uh, yeah it's in, the, in mean, the making basically you know i think that you uh, a lot of the the people who are in this business and are really talented and, and really love what they do they've seen that uh covid has um created some new ideas and whatnot I, i've been doing some zoom mixology classes that are been wild and busier than ever it's crazy, but um, I, I think about this mixology 101 class that I've been doing for years that introduces people who just want to have some fun and do mixology. I think you have you worked a couple with me, right? No, a couple. A couple yeah, all right. So yeah, um, so we're gonna do the same for pizza. I think people. I think it's a it's a cool thing to get people Fuck to yeah. roll up their sleeves and, and and learn how to make some pizza, and it's very gratifying. And I'm also working um, very diligently on. Um, Wrapping up my my recipe for a frozen frozen pizza as well, so we can wow. just serve frozen pizza out of the place and oh, basically shit. have a par baked dough with uh, 
you know, unmelted cheese and pepperoni, kind of like you would buy um, can be at tricky. the grocery store. Uh, yeah, it, it certainly can be. That's why we've been doing a lot of trial and error, and I think we've kind of got it figured it out. So um, it's a matter of finding the time to package it. And, I was going to say, it can be tricky to make a packaged retail product. Sure. Some uh, there's a great place in Warren, Hope in Maine, that's kind of oh, uh, yeah. harboring so cool. restaurant people who want to get to the next level and package wow, their stuff. Cool. So uh, we've been in talks with them, too, that's as cool. far as developing I got to uh, get them on product. the show. Yeah, that'd, that'd, be, be awesome. that'd be a really good show for sure. I've t- I've talked to them. Yeah, I've I've been to their Wednesday nights. Cool. Yeah. And you got Great. the Shasta trailer with the mixologist. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So, that's a pretty cool trailer. I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, unfamiliar. Oh, you gotta see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, uh, I don't think I could pull it up. It would take a long time to pull it up. <laughs> I wish I knew that. But yeah, I hope to be back for, uh, you know, I'll see if I can get here for Berman. What's that, a week from tomorrow? Yeah. Cool. All right, man. Well, thank you. That'd be a lot of fun, man. Jordan, great talking to you, man. Great meeting you. Good luck to you here in your business. Uh, uh, It's looking good, and and your passion will prevail. Thank you. For sure. Sweet. Thanks, dude. Rock and roll, man. Yeah.